Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday the 10th of June in front of a long weekend and as usual with all the information contained in this briefing it is general advice only so please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing and if you need to of course you can always pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full and if you're listening to this on a podcast you can head on over to our website marcustoday.com.au and you can read the disclaimer there and also of course you can sign up for a free trial as well if you're not yet a member and if you are then you know there's lots of goodies over there on the website that uh, are waiting to be discovered all right well we had a uh, awkward night in the u.s markets with losses accelerating into the close of course all eyes were on the ecb last night and uh, christine lagarde uh, told the uh, markets that it would halt asset purchases and raise interest rates for the first time in more than a decade and it also opened the door for a 50 basis point rise as well so once again we are seeing central banks going hard and aggressive or at least talking hard and aggressive uh, not always following through but certainly uh, that is now the concern in Europe and certainly the concern in the US as the market dived last night the Dow Jones down 638 points or nearly 2% 1.94% that was on its lows it did have a low of 643 points down so five points off its lows and a late plunge there ahead of that all-important CPI number coming out of the US tonight so uh, there are also some little um, Whispers coming out of the White House that uh, maybe that inflation number is not going to be quite as uh, good as some had hoped for, at least showing no signs of peaking. But we'll wait and see tonight. So as a result of this, the Dow fell 638 points, as I say, to 32,273. The Nasdaq, as you would expect, as is its want, was down 332 or 2.75% to 11,754. The S&P 500 down 98 in the middle for Diddle, down 2.38%, 4,018. And of course, with all this negativity around the place, the VIX index poked its head up, was up two points or 8.89% there. So that uh, very much a bit of volatility hedging coming back into play. Uh, with the Dow. The Dow did have a high of 46 points up, but as I say, it closed pretty much on its lows. In terms of commodities last night, well, it was a soggy, sad story across the commodity complex as well. We had copper down 1.4%, nickel down 2.7%, aluminium down 2.3%, zinc down 1.4%, lead down 1.7%, tonne down half a percent. We had Brent crude coming off the boil. Uh, we are seeing some uh, restrictions coming in in Shanghai again and some suburbs being locked down for further testing. So that did take the wind out of the sails a little bit from uh, the Chinese growth story, recovery story uh, that uh, some had been touting. But even so, with all this uh, carnage and fears of recession, where you would imagine that uh, oil uh, would come under some pressure it was only down 51 cents last night, 0.41%, still $123.07. WTI down 60 cents or 
121.51. Gold off $3.70. Nothing really there. 1852.80. Iron ore was down 1.4%, $2.06 to 143.82. Looking across at overseas mining stocks trade, uh, we had BHP down 3.4, Rio down 2.7, which is pretty much in line with what they were yesterday, although Rio slightly lower. Uh, Freeport McMoran down nearly 4%. Alcoa, there was a big aluminium conference uh, yesterday, and uh, there were some thoughts that it was as good as it got for aluminium countries, our uh, companies. Alcoa was down 11.8%. Tech down 1.9%. Anglo down 2.6%. Glencore down 0.9%. Vale down 4.5%. And Arbemile down 4.5% as well. So no respite there for the bulls in commodities at the moment. And commodity stocks, of course, will come under pressure here. Spy Futures showing a loss of another 55 points, and we will be heading below uh, 7,000 on that basis. So uh, that will be hitting those lows that we saw previously from where we bounced. But at the moment, there doesn't seem to be much chance of a, any bounce. Aussie dollar back below 71 cents, 70.97. Here you can see the S&P 500. It was chugging along relatively okay until about 2.30, and then it got the wobbles. So uh, whether that was these whispers coming out of the White House that uh, CPI may not be showing that uh, decline that some had hoped for, or at least a peak in inflation that some had hoped for, uh, given where energy prices are, it's hard to see any real decline there. And more on that in Henry's take today. But uh, certainly the market not looking too flash into the close and those worries about CPI front and centre. With US stocks Apple was down 3.6%, Meta unchanged, it was the best performer pretty much, uh, Google down 2%, Microsoft down 2%, Amazon down 4.1%, Tesla doing pretty well, down only 0.9%, Netflix down nearly 5%, US banks got smacked last night as well. <clears throat> that whole theory that rising interest rates are really good for banks has fallen apart pretty quickly our banks have fallen 12 or 13% in the last week or so. And it has been a horrible ride for bank investors and a horrible ride in the US for bank investors as well. Those net interest margins, which are supposed to increase, uh, don't look as if that is the driving force behind banks. And with housing prices falling here especially uh, and falling in the US and housing activity also falling, uh, that is really affecting the banking sector uh, of course, here, refinancing and mortgages, the massive part of the banking business. So any recession or any hopes or fears of a recession are really hurting the banking sector. JP Morgan was down 2.1%. Citigroup down 2.8%. Goldman, 33 Bank of America down 39 Wells Fargo, 44 Berkshire Hathaway down 26 And the artist formerly known as Square, now called Block, had its own Blockhead Day was down 9.6%. Not much fun out there for banks or anything at the moment. In terms of major stories coming from overseas, the S&P slumps more than 2% in the late day sell-off. JP Morgan says equities are flashing a bullish signal. It'd be nice if JP Morgan could get their act together in terms of coordinating their house view. It was only last week that Jamie Dimon was talking about the approaching hurricane whether that was because it was the hurricane season and he wanted to try and be clever, but it certainly does stand at odds with what J.P. Morgan's analysts have been saying. 
I can't say that uh, there's too many bullish signals out there at the moment. Chinese markets spring back into action as those COVID lockdowns ease. However, Shanghai is locking down the Southwest District to conduct a mass testing with restrictions in reintroduced in other parts of the city. So with zero COVID policy, China is going to continue to go for um, a sort of a porpoising in terms of their uh, COVID response and in terms of their stimulus. It's certainly a bit like the Mercedes-Benz racing car, they say. Uh, the economists see the ECB July liftoff with rates reaching neutral level in late 2023. We just have to think about that for a second. We've got euro <laughs> inflation at massively elevated levels. Uh, they're talking about uh, 8% in Germany, currently around 7.1% across the EU. And they're talking about interest rates reaching a neutral level in late 2023. Very aggressive. Traders discounting a 50 basis point Bank of England hike by September. Of course, the UK has got its own problems at the moment, not least of which is Boris Johnson. And the Bank of Japan's consistently easy monetary policy, crucial for the PM's new spending plans. Japan still spending its way out of 30 years of stagflation, or actually no noflation at all, just stagnation, really. CBA sees RBA cutting rates in 2023 to, due to revised GDP forecasts. So we're going to raise rates in 22, and we're going to cut them in 23. They've got this. RBNZ, that's the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, to begin five-year exit from QE Holdings next month with off-market sales. And the Swedish Central Bank's Bremen will do what's necessary to reach inflation targets. Oh, we've got a whatever-it-takes moment from Sweden. I'm sure everyone will be taking a lot of notice of that. Shanghai to lock down some of those southwest districts. The White House expects next inflation numbers to remain elevated. Is that a bit of a whisper that they know what the number is already and we shouldn't get too carried away with seeing peak CPI inflation? And the IMF's uh, Gopintha says uh, risk of de-anchoring U.S. inflation expectations. And European gas futures, natural gas futures, have jumped another 13% after a U.S. LNG outage. Of course, the U.S. is sending its gas to Europe to try and alleviate their dependency on the Russian gas, as the sanctions have been in place. But uh, that's not really helping the U.S. situation. doesn't seem to be helping the European situation either. And the S&P vacillating within a roughly 100-point range over the past, past, past two weeks, reflecting uncertainty about the economy, inflation and interest rates. What to expect today? Well, we've got a 55-point loss. We've got a three-day weekend in store and we've got a CPI on the horizon. It's going to be a brave man that digs in today and tries to draw a line in the sand. We did have that 101 point fall yesterday, a Dalmatian, as they say in Cockney rhyming slang. But uh, it's certainly unlikely to see too many people be brave today. There might be a little bit of bargain hunting around in some of the banks because they have been so walloped this week. But uh, I wouldn't bank on that one, if you pardon the pun. So it's not likely to be a particularly nice day again today. Over in Europe, we have the stocks 50 down 1.7%. FTSE down 1.5%. CACs down 1.4%. And the DAX down 1.7%. Looking at the 10-year yields, the US now well and truly above 3%. 3.04%. Australia now 3.60% on that 10-year yield. As they say, welcome to first grade, Albo. Germany, 1.42%. 
Remember, the ECB is talking about their rates going to neutral. Germany's rates are 1.42%. And looking across at some of the other countries that aren't quite such well-managed economies, like Italy and Spain, they are double that. The AFR reports that the snowy 2.0 is facing big delays. Hardly a big surprise, that one. And the ECB is forecast the annual inflation at 6.8% in 2022 before it's projected to decline to 35 in 23 and 2.1 in 24. Kathy Wood yesterday spoke at a Sydney conference. Is she the new Hamish? A real rock star, of course, but her performance in her fund has been pretty darn woeful. She's not humbled by her returns, of course, and thinks the tide is turning. IVC, which is Invocare, they're in the funeral business, may be on the private equity player's shopping list. It trades at four times forward EBITDA and 31 times profit. So it's hardly cheap and hardly a growth opportunity there for uh, the death rate. Uh, But we are going through a nasty flu season, so maybe that is helping. There were 58 people in Australia that died yesterday from COVID. still find that quite strange that we're not reporting that or uh, getting too uh, wound up about that. Chorus, CNU, has lowered its fiscal 2022 capital expenditure guidance, attributing the reduction to COVID-19 disruptions. And the new financial services minister says that it is clear that buy now, pay later contracts are credit and should be regulated. The headwinds just keep on coming for the buy now, pay later sector. And with block down 9.6% overnight, that's not going to be good for them today. Rio will invest in wind and solar to replace coal-fired power for aluminium. And TWE, Treasury Wine, is working on a non-alcohol wine under the Squealing Pig brand. And Four Pillars Gin is about to unveil a no-alcohol gin. I really don't know why. The no-alcohol category has grown by about 150% in the last two years. And Virgin, the uh, carrier in Sydney and uh, the rest of Australia, is considering a listing next year. And Helios has seen John Wiley uh, buying a 5% stake. Let's hope he does better than when he bought a big stake in Hum. He was a big backer of the Hum. Buy now, pay later move from being Flexi Group to Hum. That hasn't worked out too well for him. Question of the day today is, should buy now, pay later be regulated like a credit product? It's been a tough time for buy now, pay later with margins being squashed, with interest rates going higher and bad debts rising. The big push into the US has now been countered, of course, by Apple with Apple Pay Later. And here now we've got the new financial services minister talking about whether they're credit or not. So should buy now, pay later be regulated like a credit product? Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. Love to have your thoughts, ideas and insights there. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, you can tune in and subscribe to other wonderful streams of Marcus Today Consciousness with the Marcus Strategy Podcast, which is the morning meeting fly on the wall podcast, the On The Desk podcast from the team in Melbourne, and the On The Couch podcast where I talk to fund managers, CEOs, and various other people who I hope will be of interest to you guys. Uh, For those interested in uranium, and I know there are a few of you out there, I did do a good podcast with Greg Hall from Alligator Energies. Whether you like Alligator or not doesn't really matter. Greg had some really good things to say on the state of the uranium market, which has become a little bit important this week on Joe Biden's move to uh, get the US to enrich more of its own uranium. And this week's On the Couch is uh, a sit-down with Marcus. 
the man himself. We are answering some of the questions that you put to us by email. Some of the silly questions, some of the clever questions. In fact, there's no such thing as a stupid question, as everyone knows. There's only the stupid question is the one that doesn't get asked. So please keep those questions coming. They're great, and it's all part of our educational service. And don't forget, we do have some educational seminars coming up, which I'm really looking forward to presenting. Uh, They're going to be a lot of fun and uh, hopefully a lot of value for our members. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. I was going to say, may the trading gods be with you, but I suspect there's going to be another ugly day today. But don't forget, three-day weekend, double demerit points apply.